Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sports Stuff. I'm Nani the Fan. I'm your host, Wayne Lou, speaking to you after a disgusting loss against the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, just... You know, it probably looked bad on TV. I'm telling you, it was 10 times worse in person. Um, the Raptors dropping a game by a score of 112 to 90, a game where they were never within 10 points after the first quarter against a Sixers team that didn't have Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, last second, scratched on the game. He was questionable. Then he was out, uh, resting his knee. And the Sixers start a lineup that doesn't even have a single guy who's taller than six foot six. I'm serious. Uh, I, I, Tobias Harris, he's the tallest guy in this lineup. The Raptors start f- three guys in the starting five that are all taller than him. Everybody off the bench is bigger than him. And you're thinking, well... Maybe the Raptors will go in the paint. Maybe the Raptors will play some defense. Maybe the Raptors don't have to double every single player on the court now because of the fact that you don't have Embiid to deal with. But no, the Raptors come out with genuinely one of their worst performances that I can remember. And that's not to say that you can't have an off night. That's not to say a team in, a eight, in the course of an 82-game season can't have you know a bad shooting night or whatever. No, I mean from an execution standpoint. I mean from a just playing smart basketball standpoint. One of the worst performances I've seen under Nick Nurse. And, and by the way, Nick is not exempt. Everybody's going to hear it in this podcast. And it's just, it's one of those games that just grinds your gears. You're pissed off for having watched it. You're pissed off for having watched Tyrese Maxey grin up and down the floor after scoring 44 points. I don't know what the commotion is at the arena right now. Uh, people are engaging and proposing. All right, well, good luck after this performance. At least somebody's going home happy tonight. But, like, holy, this is just an awful, awful showing from the Raptors. Who, by the way, let's just start with some of the guys who just did not play well tonight. Fred Van Vliet, who has gotten tons of love on the show. You know, personally, I really love Fred. He's a great interview. But come on, that has to be the worst game of his career. And I'm not even saying, like, I haven't seen Fred put up a one-point game before. You know, I've seen the 2019 playoffs. I've seen other moments happen. But as a professional who has been in the league for a long time, starting in a game like this, playing heavy minutes, when your primary assignment is Tyrese Maxey, who has 44, and you have one? What happened here tonight? What was going on? He was running in quicksand. I have to assume, just based on just sheer logic that you have to assume that there was something wrong. Maybe he was sick. Maybe there was some sort of slight ailment. I don't even know. To be honest, the last time we saw Fred, he was playing great. So for him to come out tonight and genuinely put up the worst performance I've ever seen from him, I'm talking about two-on-one fast break, the point guard on your team who you won a championship with, who you have paid tons of money to, who has made the all-star game for you, couldn't create a two-on-one fast break into a layup. With Pascal Siaka running the wing. I'm talking about air ball threes on wide open shots for a guy who has been an elite three-point shooter in this league for multiple years. I'm talking about giving up 44 points to Tyrese Maxey when you're supposed to be a really great defensive guard. And that's not to say Fred isn't a great defensive guard, but damn, 44 points. And listen, this is something that, like, if an idiot like me can watch the last game against the Sixers, can watch last year's playoff against the Sixers, and tell you, hey, you should probably change up the matchup against Tyrese Maxey. Fred's not handling this well. It doesn't work. Like, literally go back to 10 things that Colin wrote after last night's game, or Wednesday's game, when they beat the Sixers, I was like, hey, you know what, this is a good win, but 
just change up the match against Maxi. If I could tell you that, why is Fred on Maxi game after game after game? How many points does he have to score? Does he have to come out and score 50 next time for him to score to, to play Maxi differently? To change up the matchup? And that's not to say it's all Fred. I mean, I've got to tell you, Maxi made like five or six insane shots. But you just, you know how he got started? Four for four from three. And so much of that was just Fred being late on closeouts, Fred not being able to close out and actually affect the shot because Maxi is taller and longer and jumps really high for his threes. But like, and you gotta know, and the guy burns this matchup over and over and over again. He's got crazy confidence coming to this game. And plus, you gotta know he's got the ultimate green light coming in, right? Noah and Bede, they're gonna play fast. They're gonna go up and down the court. Who is gonna be the recipient of that? Tyrese Maxey. And so, how is that happening, right? And but on the other end, the thing you gotta blame Fred for. Okay, so it's clearly not his night. Why is he coming up the floor and taking pull-up threes? And I'm not even taking like, oh, the defense is dropped. Both guys sucked in with the, the big down low. Then, you know, Fred's open at the top for three, pull up for three. Yeah, sure, those are fine. But I'm talking about dribble down the court and just pull up with the guy right on you. Like, what are you doing? He, he literally went 0 for 11 from the field tonight, including 0 of 8, obviously, from three. 1 of 3 from the free throw line. Something had to have been wrong with Fred tonight. But listen, if something's wrong with Fred tonight, why is Nick Nurse playing him 34 minutes? Why? Why? Right? That just doesn't make any sense. And by the way, a lot of other guys were disappointing. So this is not just on Fred, but he is the glaring, like, whoa. He lost his matchup so badly, I don't remember a game this bad from Fred. So I have to assume something happened, all right? Because this wasn't right. But if, if that's the case, Nick's got to do better. Someone else has got to come in and play that minute. Or, you know what? Don't play Fred. Play, don't play another guard. You know, like, for example, what, what, I mean, man, I don't know what was going on. I mean, look, listen, I'm sure Nick was flailing around because, like, last second, you know, and has gone or whatever, and, like, your team's struggling and a lot of guys aren't giving you energy, so you got to shuffle it up. I get it, right? But Malachi Flynn coming in for five minutes, losing those five pins, what do you think is going to happen when you put in Malachi Flynn when James Harden's out there? James Harden's going to be like, oh, word, there's a guy out there who is really, really bad defensively. Let me call up his guy, force the switch. The Raptors switch everything, so they're going to switch Malachi onto him. And then guess what? James Harden, and one, driving against Malachi. James Harden draws two defender, kick out for three against Malachi. You play him for three minutes in the second quarter there just to see if he has any, any juice? He doesn't. If Fred is struggling, play another forward, right? Because the only times, and I'm talking about like maybe a six-minute stretch in the third quarter and, and, and where the Raptors finally got the rotations down. They finally figured it out. They put more length on the floor, they, and they timed their double teams. Sure, you want to double teams James Harden in a game where Joel Embiid's missing. Well, guess what? James Harden's a very clever passer. So what? You, 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 got, you limited James Harden to 11 points, 4 assists, on, on, and, two, and, and, and uh, 5 turnovers. Did you win the game? Did, what did that accomplish for you? Right? Other than getting other guys wide open threes, the Sixers shot 38 threes. They, they hit 16 of them. They got out on the fast break time after time again, and in the half court, the, rap, the Sixers would just get Harden to invite the double team and then make the right passes. I mean, like, the amount of times that the Raptors screwed up the rotations on those. Like, I can forgive the first quarter where they're like, well, you know what, mm, I didn't, we didn't really plan for this. Mm, you know, like, we were thinking about doubling Embiid and then having to do all this stuff, so, like, we don't really get it, all right? But, like, the second quarter, you're getting burned by this? So how many timeouts is that? That's like, three or, that's like two or three timeouts at least where you've had an opportunity to talk to your team about, like, hey, this is what we're going to do in terms of we're, we can still trap Harden if we want to, but what we're going to need to do is make these rotations. This guy's going to go here, this guy's going to go here, this guy's going to go here, so that the Sixers aren't just wide open for three or they're pump faking and driving you into the paint for another kick out for three and driving kick. Like, honestly, the Raptors made the Sixers ball movement look like Golden State at times tonight, right? So, you know what? 
you might even forgive a bad half. Sixers going to halftime with like 66 points, okay? Or 65 points. And you might think, okay, you know what? After halftime, let's come out with a better effort. Where was that better effort? Where was it? Right? You think coming out of the halftime, oh, we're going to rotate better. For a six-minute stretch, they did rotate better. And then guess what? They left Tyrese Maxey open three more times for three. What are you doing? Like, this cannot be the mark of a defensive club. Not only are they not making the right rotations, not only was the effort not there, but it was just dumb. Dumb decisions time after time after time again. How do you not know what to do by now? You play the Sixers every other game, it feels like. Right? Yes, they don't have Embiid. Have you never played the Sixers without Embiid? Does Embiid play 48 minutes? What about those 12 minutes when Embiid's sitting on the floor or on the bench in a, in a regular game? Do you not have a game plan for that? So just a shocking performance on that end. Really just an abysmal performance from Fred. Really awaiting to hear more news on that front. But even the other guys, right? Scotty Barnes. The biggest player on the court tonight who played. The biggest player. Scotty Barnes is six foot nine. He's gigantic. And who won the Sixers was even guarding him? Tobias Harris sometimes. James Harden sometimes. I'm not kidding when I tell you this. Scotty Barnes did not once drive the ball into the paint and make a play. Not once. Pascal did it a ton. And Pascal had a, a pretty good game. There's no reason to go at Pascal whatsoever. He gave it to you defensively as well. Really no reason to, 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 to say anything about Pascal. No reason to say anything about OJ Anobi except for the positives. He played really well. He had some great plays. But Scotty Barnes, not attacking the paint one time. Joel Embiid is not home. Joel, Joel Embiid is not there. Who is going to block a shot on the Sixers? Their rim protection tonight was James Harden swiping at the ball. You got to give James a lot of credit. He's very good at that little swipe down. He's like Fred-like in that way. He's able to to strip the ball. Okay, who is even going to jump up and meet you at the basket so that your 6'9 rookie who's coming off a day off, who's 21 years old, who's one rookie of the year, isn't driving to the basket? See, this is the thing. Yeah, he had 13 points and six rebounds, whatever. First of all, that's not even a good stat line. Second of all, all of this was, was just long jumpers. All he had tonight was long jumpers. Two free throws, the, the, inconsequential to the game. Scotty Barnes needed to live in the paint tonight. Attack the paint over and over and over again. Put the Sixers in foul trouble. Put Scotty on the line. Put pressure in the paint. Kick out for three. Get yourself some open looks. None of that. Absent. Passenger. And then defensively, the misrotations, Scotty Barnes, go back and watch Tyrese Maxey's last three where he's grinning, he's preening, and why not? He's having a career night, and guess what? The Raptors are just going to let him open over and over and over again. This guy's got nine three-pointers made in a game, and on the ninth three-point make, Scotty can't figure out which rotation to make to Tyrese Maxey. Are you kidding me? You had the whole game to practice. And we're going to have expectations for Scotty Barnes. This isn't just like, oh, he's the rookie. He, we love Scotty. We saw him in a Pixel commercial. He says Toronto is home. You have to have expectations for a guy like this. You got to have expectations and standards. He did not meet them tonight. Fred did not meet them tonight. Precious did not meet them tonight. My goodness. You're telling me that the guy who says, hey, I want to be the defensive anchor of this team, allows George's Niang to take him off the dribble all the way to the bucket for a layup. George's Niang has the same athleticism as me. How is that happening? And then how is he taking 
bad shots and taking an I mean, I guess we know this, what Precious, he has these moments, 0 for 6 on the field. Just when you think Precious is like finding his rhythm, finding his groove, playing his role well, grabbing 22 rebounds, everyone's like, wow, look at Precious playing his role great. He's playing great defense. And then he gives you this, 15 minutes of just pure nothing off the bench. Not, and by the way, the whole bench, yes, there was some garbage time. Yes, Chris Boucher came alive in the fourth quarter. I believe in the first half, the Raptors didn't have a single bucket from their bench. Not a single bucket, right? And, I mean, just the lows cannot be this low. And guess what? The reason why the bench has zero buckets sometimes is because every team in the league with a scouting, with a scouting staff, with an analytics staff, with a video coordinating staff, they're all looking at this team like, hmm, when the Raptors go to any hybrid bench lineup, that is whether it's Fred and you know, OG leading the bench group or Pascal and Gary leading the bench group. When that happens, they are zoning. And it's happened for four straight games now. Okay? The Heat did it to them the first game. The Heat did it to them the second game. The, the Sixers did it to them the first game. And now they did it here again. When is the zone offense going to look any better from this team? And I'm not saying, I'm expecting these guys to come in and cash every three, right? I'm saying... When can we not have possessions when Delano Banton and, Chris, uh, and, and Precious Achua are swinging the ball to each other from the wing to the point, from the wing to the point, nobody making it a cut, nobody pressuring defense, and then it's Precious Achua catching the ball and trying to drive it to the bucket, which is like half the time a charge. And second half of the time, he's not really going to make the shot. Like, that cannot be your half court. That cannot be your zone offense. The Sixers sat in a zone tonight. One, because they don't have Joel Embiid, so they need to find some way to stack the paint and keep the Raptors from going downhill. But number two, they kept doing it because the Raptors showed no signs of being able to solve the zone. And this, again, is where I asked Nick Nurse, why are you not using Thad Young? In a half-court game, when you're talking about somebody who needs to unlock the zone for your second unit, why is Thad Young not on the floor? What is he on the team for if not for this? Right? You're telling me that Thad Young, a vet who's played in the league a long, long, long time, a player who last season we saw unlock a lot of things for the second unit with the ball movement and occasional corner threes. You're telling me a year later after you re-sign him to a two-year deal that you can't even play him at all. You play him for a five-minute stint. He played fine. Where was he in the second half? What was going on, right? Your half, the, the zone offense just needs to improve. And this is something where, again, you could see coming because when the Sixers zoned the Raptors in that game that they lost the first game, you could tell, ooh, the Raptors weren't getting a lot of good looks here. Maybe we got to practice this because we still got to improve. Yeah, we beat the Sixers. On a game where Embiid was moaning and guys weren't coming back in transition and you were hitting every three and everybody's looking good, like, okay, cool, you won that game. Guess what? Any team with any bit of pride, and you can say a lot about the Sixers, but they still got some damn pride, right? They're going to respond. They're going to put up a good effort against you. And, and, and as the Raptors, did they prepare? Did you see any improvement in the zone offense? And I'm not kidding. I'm not saying that you got to knock down every shot. But was there a good ball movement? Was there good spacing? Or did they bring the ball up with 16 seconds left on the shot clock, swing the ball around on the perimeter, looking at nobody, putting no pressure on the paint, and then ultimately hitting a couple jumpers, potentially? Like, even in the first quarter, when the Raptors were zoned for the first time and Scotty knocked down a couple threes, I'm thinking to myself, damn, this offense looks nasty. If I was Doc Rivers, I'd play zone their whole game. And when you look back on this game, Doc thoroughly out-coaching Nick like this? Really? Really? Again, I get it, okay? You plan for Embiid, he's not there. 
guess what? That happens every game. MP doesn't play 48 minutes. You got to have a backup plan. Where was your improved zone, right? You did have practice. The Raptors did practice yesterday. This is not like, oh, they didn't have any chance or whatever, right? They went practice. They had a shoot around today, all right? So you got to practice your zone offense. You have to understand that if the zone offense is beating you, you need to have a counter for the zone. Who's going to unlock the zone for you? And I'm not saying Thad Young's going to come in and unlock the zone by knocking out a whole bunch of threes or whatever. Look, listen, I know who Thad Young is too, but there's a skill set there that you can use before the game gets out of hand, Right? And then defensively, okay, well, fine. We're going to trap Harden and, 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 give up and, and never let Harden have the ball. Guess what? Harden's seen this strategy against the Raptors like a half dozen times now. This guy was seeing this strategy when he was with the Rockets against the Raptors. Like, I'm, literally, I remember in the year the Raptors won the championship, the Rockets came in, the Raptors did the same thing to him. Like, the trap Harden at half-court defense, basically. Guess he's smart. He's going to give the ball up. James Harden's like, yo, I don't even want to score. Do I want to carry the team? No. I'd rather just spray it around and give open threes because Tyrese Max is going to left open, 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 open. Like, what are you doing, right? So, Nick, this loss is on you too. The team's not prepared to come out and, and, and shows this kind of effort and has no response. It's on you too. And, and ultimately, like, look, I get it. It's one game. It's game six. The Raptors are three and three. This is fine. Like, it's, it's not like there's a crisis happening. But God, this is the type of annoying loss that you just cannot have. And again, it's not just guys made their rotations and missed shots or whatever. Other teams making shots. Like this is a case of a team just completely no show. I don't know if it's playing down on the opposition. I mean, like, damn. I think the thing is just like you just can't get too high on this team, right? They they, they get they just they let you down because they're so young and they're inexperienced at times. But also at the same time, like, I can't blame the inexperience. One, one of your most experienced players than Fred played the worst play- game out of anybody on the team. So they had to have done better. And you wasted a good performance from OG Anobi, who, I mean, look, he didn't have the legs to knock down some threes, but that's because he was hustling. OG had a play where the Raptors gave up a three-on-one fast break. Nobody else was running back. OG Anobi was the only exception, comes back, steals the ball from behind, then kicks the ball up. Now it's a three-on-one fast break for the Raptors, and OG Anobi runs down, and he's the trailer on the play. He finishes an and-one opportunity. That's how hard he was playing. This guy literally made a transition play on the going back and then going forward. That's how hard OG was playing, diving into the crowd. How many times have you seen OG dive in the crowd today? How many times have you seen him grab rebounds today? The steals, the blocks, everything. Bro, this, Tobias Harris had him on a fast break, three-on-one fast break. OG and OB blocks him. There's only so much the man could do, though, right? Driving to the bucket, finishing opportunities. He played super hard. Where was the rest of the team on that, right? Pascal played super hard. He was rebounding the ball. You know, he was rotating. He was knocking down shots. He was efficient from the field. But listen, every team in the league is like, yo, I'm just going to triple team Pascal. Where's the rest of your team spacing going to be? Of course, Pascal plays a lot better when Fred doesn't, you know, literally lay an egg here. But like, holy, like, he's doing his job. So somebody, please help him. Right? And that's where the young guys, Scotty, Precious, the guys that we are so hyped about, it's not like these guys aren't young and we don't understand that young players make mistakes. But wow, the no-show from these kind of guys. Just, just, just an awful performance. Awful performance. And you know what? I, 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 you, just, you just regret like, even coming to the arena to watch this if you're a fan. You regret turning on the TV to watch this if you're a fan. You regret in the car turning on the radio to listen to this game if you're a fan. How can they do this? Like, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying having a bad night. I'm saying the execution. How could the execution be that bad? How could you miss obvious plays like this? Right? I mean, 
And, and the thing is, like, look, first half, the defense was, I mean, like, the second half, the defense was better. I, it wasn't great, but, like, you know, there were moments it was better, right? The thing to me is, like, first half, though, it cannot be that low. It can't be, oh, Georges Niang sets a screen off the ball and both guys go with Niang on the cut and leaves Maxi open for three. You know how easy it is to just communicate that? Yo, you either switch or you stay with your assignment. That's it. That's it. But it's so simple. And the guy you leave open for that, Maxi again. Like, do, do you enjoy seeing that? Isn't there some kind of pride that has to kick in? Like, yo, Maxi's giving up. 30, he's given us 38 in the playoffs before. He's given us 31 in the last game here. He's now going to come into the game and no one beat. Mm, I wonder who's going to get the extra shots. Like, how is there not a game plan for that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, it's just baffling. And look, if you're Nick, after seeing the Raptors give up 65 points in the first half, maybe stop doubling James Harden? Like, just maybe? James Harden wasn't even looking to score at all tonight. The times James Harden scored tonight was, like, off of, like, a broken play, you know, cut here and there and one drive randomly when the Raptors would screw up their defense for the 15th time in the, you know, the, the, the quarter or whatever, and then get in once in a while. The guy took nine shots. He's not looking to score. So how about after halftime, after Maxi had, I'm not even kidding, Maxi was eight for eight going to halftime. How about changing the defense so that you're not trapping James Harden and letting Maxi run around again? Like, what are we doing here? It's, yeah, it's bad, man. It, it's, just, it's just genuinely bad. And again, it, it's not like it's going to derail the season. It's not like something where you don't just flush this game down the toilet. It's not something where you expect this to happen over and over again because it won't. But you just got to be better. The whole team, up and down, has got to be better. There's, if you have expectations to go, you know, back to the playoffs in a competitive Eastern Conference, you have expectations to get past the first round. If you have expectations to, you know, just be a respectable club. You don't lose this game. You not even lose this game. You don't. You never. You lost this game without having even competed in this game. So it's. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I guess it's not, I guess it's uh, October twenty eighth. You probably forget about this game. But, but seriously, like, just forget about it in the sense that don't get down on yourself, but don't forget about it in the sense that if you let up offensively, if you just don't play smart basketball offensively, this is the outcome. And you, you get results like this. So I, I don't even know. There's just not that much more point in kicking at this team. They didn't show up tonight, and all you hope for is that they respond on, on, on Monday. They have the weekend off. I'm sure they will have practice at least once. You know, do some Halloween things. You know, you never really know. But like, ultimately, like, focus, man. Get, get focused. This is this is this is such an embarrassing effort tonight. Um, three stars. OG number one loved his effort uh, in this game. Uh, drove drove the ball better. I think that's obviously something I've been tracking a lot. But he's driving the ball a lot better. T- um, you know, avoiding the charges. Um, you know, staying on his feet, taking shots under control couple shots, pull up mid-range jumpers in the lane. Like, you just got to mix it up sometimes. Not saying you want them to always take the mid-range jumper driving hard into the paint, but, you know, you got to mix it up because when defenses are always expecting you to, like, you know, uh, bowl in the china shop into, like, the lane, you're probably going to call for charges and stuff like that. So I thought OG played well defensively. He was doing his best. But, again, one guy in a scrambling defense can't do nothing, right? 
Uh, second star, give it to Pascal. 26 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Got to the free throw line nine times again, which is nice to see. Knocked down a three. Honestly, pretty efficient with his offense. The only issue is I don't know why they weren't giving the ball more often. Like, again, why are Gary and Fred taking pull-up threes on Pascal's on the floor? Why? Like, why? Give the ball to Pascal. Give the ball to Pascal. That Pascal should touch the ball every single time down the floor. Especially when Fred's struggling, especially when Scotty Barnes doesn't want to, is allergic to the paint because he's, he's worried about, I don't know, who, who's down there? Who's down there? Niang, Melton, Harden, Maxi, Harris, Tucker, who's down there? Right? When those guys, are, when those guys don't want it, Pascal's got to touch the ball like Luka touches the ball for, for Dallas. And yeah, it might tire him out. Guess what? You'll be competitive in the game. What's not going to keep you competitive in the game is doing the same dumb, hardened trap defense and then scrambling around like chickens with your heads cut off. God, that was an awful game. All right, third star. You know what? Third star going to Doc Rivers, man. Doc Rivers was excellent tonight. I got to give Doc Rivers some love. You know what? All we talked about on the show this week is, ooh, you know, the you know, Sixers are in trouble. You know, oh, my God. You know, maybe we'll fire Doc. Guess what? Doc just says, you know what? I got a bad back. All I want to do is play golf. I don't even want to deal with this anymore. I'm here for collect a paycheck, and I'm still going to outcoach Nick Nurse in his house. Look what I'm going to do without Embiid on the floor. I'm going to run the Raptors out of the gym. I'm going to hold them to 90 points with no shot blocker. Nobody even played who's even six foot. Like, the tallest player they played was Harrell, and he's a terrible defender. defender. So, yeah, Doc Rivers is going to get the third star, man. That's right, Doc Rivers. And then your Gerald Henderson award winner, of course, is Tyrese Maxey. Of course. How many times do I have I given Tyrese Maxey the Gerald Henderson award winner, man? I might have to rename the award. That's the Tyrese Maxey award from now on. Genuinely, that's the Tyrese Maxey award from now on. This guy averages, I think he averages like 30 against the Raptors. I'm not even kidding. Please, for the love of God, Nick, next time you play the Sixers, change your game plan to prioritize Maxey. You know what? If Embiid scores 40, if James Harden scores 40, damn it, I'll live with that, man. I won't say a single word on the pod about that. I'll just say, you know what? I get it because you had to stop Tyrese Maxey. But please, next game, can we stop Maxey? 44 points. Got a team full of 6'8 guys, can't guard one guy who's 6'3 at best. And I get that he's tough. I get that he was hitting tough shots. But, bro, that is that's unforgivable. So, does it for the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, if you haven't checked it out, the Gary Trent Sr. interview on Friday uh, was excellent, as always. Salute to Gary Trent Sr. for coming in, you know, chopping it up with us. You know, it was a great convo. The vibes were amazing on Friday, I got to say. Everyone was having a great day in Toronto on Friday until this happened. So, um, but yeah, go listen to that pod. I got, I got an interview lined up for Monday. Might have two interviews lined up for Monday. You never know. Uh, but at least, at the very least, one of them. And um, yeah, you know, it's just, uh, look, it's not going to derail the team. And I'm not trying to overreact. But in the moment, when this podcast title is called the Raptors Reaction Podcast, my reaction is just, just disgust. This is a bad game. Bad, bad performance from the Raptors. So, all right, that uh, does it for the pod. Rate, review, subscribe. We are, by the way, in the top ten. It's great. Solid. It was like fourth or fifth um, this week in the charts. So it's, uh, let's keep it like that. Um, again, you know, just keep just uh, support the show. And I don't know, man. I'll be in a better mood on Monday, I guess. <laughs>